Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Integrating Non-Steroidal Mineralocorticoid Receptor Antagonists Early in the Course of Disease, Practical Strategies for Patients with Early-Stage Chronic Kidney Disease and Type 2 Diabetes. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Bayer AG. Hello, I'm Pandelis Arafidis. I'm an associate professor in nephrology in Aristotle University of Thessaloniki in Greece. In this program, we will review the role of non-steroidal MRAs in early stage chronic kidney disease with type 2 diabetes. Let's start by discussing how can we diagnose CKD. CKD is diagnosed based on estimations of kidney function with estimated glomerular filtration rate as well as kidney damage based on urine albumin creatine ratio. So CKD is diagnosed if one has an EGFR below 60 or if one has a urine albumin to creatine ratio above 30 milligrams per gram. If we do it properly and we assess both, we will come up with this famous KDGO heat map where you can see different boxes of GFR going from normal down to kidney failure and the current albumin excretion going from normal to moderately increase and severely increase. With the exception of these two green boxes, and these are people without CKD, you can see that the colors are going from yellow to red, and this identifies the increase in risk of progression of chronic kidney disease. A similar thing is happening with regards to cardiovascular risk. So, falling TFR and increasing albumin to creatine ratio are independent risk factors for cardiovascular events. And this is equally important to progression of chronic kidney disease. What can we actually do today to halt the progression of chronic kidney disease and preserve kidney function and protect against future cardiovascular events? The first thing we have been doing is to prescribe an angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitor or an angiotensin receptor blocker in people with CTD and hyperdiabetes. And as you can see here, if you use losartan or ibesartan, you get a relative risk reduction of about 15 to 20%, which is a very good thing. However, there is a lot of residual risk remaining for these people. A very important thing that came up for us nephrologists was this new class of nephroprotective agents, HCLT2 inhibitors. Here are data from the Credence study with canaglifosine and the type 2 diabetic subpopulation of the DAPA-CKD study with DAPA-glifosine that display the risk reduction in the adrenal endpoint with those two drugs. And the risk reductions are even larger versus an age or an and this is very promising. However, there is still some residual risk here, so any other drug class that help us is welcome. So with this, I'm going to talk about the mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists. And we have the steroidal ones, spiro and aquerinone, and a set of new non-steroidal MRAs from which inerinone is marketed in United States and Europe, and esoxeridone is marketed in Japan, but for treatment of hypertension only. So, inerinone has a lot of different properties in comparison to spiro and aquerinone. 
It has a high potency and high selectivity to the mineralocorticoid receptor. It has no sexual side effects and it has a much lesser tendency to increase serotonin. Let's review the efficacy of this available non-serotonin race for the treatment of chronic kidney disease and type 2 diabetes. There is a lot of evidence with regards to the nephroprotective properties of traditional MRAs. Spironolactone and prednisone were able to reduce albuminuria when used on top of an ACE inhibitor or an ARB. But the problem with these agents, they had a lot of issues with increasing potassium, which is very important for CKD, and they were not tested in clinical trials with hard renal antibodies. Pinarinone, in contrast, was tested in two major clinical trials, Pidelio DKD with primary renal outcome and bigger DKD with the primary cardiovascular outcome. In both cases, there were significant differences in both outcomes. If we add the data of these major trials together, we come up with fidelity, which is a pre-specified analysis of both these trials that includes people with CKD starting from EGFR of 25 mLs per minute up to 90 mLs per minute and with QACR from 30 milligrams per gram to 5,000 milligrams per gram. These are the renal outcomes of the fidelity analysis. So a good reduction in the composite renal outcome and all the point estimates of the components of the composite outcome are more or less the same, including dialysis. These are the results for the cardiovascular outcome. Again, a significant reduction in the composite with inelinum. And the benefit here comes mostly from reductions in hospitalizations for heart failure and cardiovascular death. In a study with Pensacerenone, on the intermediate point of albuminuria in about 450 patients, Pensacerenone was able to reduce during album excretion versus placebo by about 40%, which was the case in the first phase two studies with Pinerenone. However, we have no data with Pensacerenone on heart renal angles. Let's look at the safety profiles of these non-steroidal MRAs in the next session. Of course, when we talk about the safety profile of an MRA, most of the attention comes to potassium. In the previous two major studies, altitude with aliskiren on top of the natural NRB and the VA nephron D trial with certain and synoptic combination. As you can see here, you have potassium over six in about 10 or 11% of the individuals. In contrast, in Idela DKD, this percentage of people going to potassium over 6 was much less. In reality, hyperkalemia-related to study drug was happening in about 9% versus 4% in placebo, but permanent discontinuation due to hyperkalemia was much less, 1.7% here, and there were no episodes of fatal hyperkalemia in both groups, indicating a much better safety profile with pinerino. With regards to esaxerenone, in 455 people with type 2 diabetes albuminuria, the increase of seropotassium happened to about 9% of people with esaxerenone versus 2% in placebo, but the discontinuation due to increased seropotassium happened only in 4% of the patients in the esaxerenone. 
about management of hyperkalemia instead of decreasing the dose of nasorenal or increasing the dose of a diuretic and having people on a low potassium diet. We have other solutions today. We have SCLT2s that actually decrease the propensity of these people to develop hyperkalemia. And most importantly, we have new potassium binding agents that is bacterium and zirconium that we can use and help these patients be in the maximum tolerated doses of nephroprotective and cardioprotective agents. In the next sessions, we will discuss how to select patients who may benefit from non-steroidal MRA treatment. In the States, finerodon has been approved for adults with chronic kidney disease associated with type 2 diabetes to reduce the risk of EGFR decline and stage kidney disease, cardiovascular death, non-fatal myocardial infarction, and hospitalization for heart failure. In Europe, finerodon has been approved for the treatment of stage 3 and 4 CKD with albuminuria, but there is a proposal for the extension of the indication for the treatment of all adults with CKD and albuminuria associated with type 2 diabetes. This is the American Diabetes Association and KDGO concession statement recommending finerenon to be used in patients with chronic kidney disease and type 2 diabetes that have an EGFR above 25 ml per minute, normal serum potassium, and albuminuria with albumin to creatine ratio more than 30 mg per gram on top of maximum tolerated doses of ERAS inhibitor. What are the contraindications of finerenon? The use of a strong inhibitor of CYP3A4 or adrenal insufficiency. And you should not initiate finerenone if the patient has a cerebral potassium concentration above 5 max per liter. In the next session, let's discuss other practical considerations for optimally using finerenone in clinical practice. To use finerenone in everyday clinical practice, this has to be done on top of the maximum tolerated doses of an ankylosing converting enzyme inhibitor or an ankylosing receptor blocker. If the patient's EGFR is equal to or above 60, we should start with 20 milligrams of finerenone once daily. If it is between 25 and 60, we should start at 10 milligrams once daily. And if it's below 25, we should not start treatment because it has not been tested in people with GFR below 25 mLs per minute. What to do in terms of serum and increasing or maintaining dose? We should start in in people that have potassium equal to or below 5 max liter. If the potassium is below or equal to 4.8, we can increase the dose to 20 milligrams. If we have already started with 20 milligrams, we can remain there. If the potassium is between 4.8 and 5.5, we should maintain the initial doses. And if the potassium is above 5.5, we should withhold the treatment and consider restarting at lower dose when serum potassium falls below 5 max liter. An important thing that we should all remember is that an issue that we should all respect is adherence of patients to the medications. We have a lot of examples from cardiovascular disease, hypertension, diabetes, and other major health issues that when patients adhere to the treatment, they have better long-term results. Please actually saves them in terms of morbid events and uh, increasing life expectancy. 
in summary, chronic kidney disease is a major health issue worldwide. In order to diagnose chronic kidney disease, especially in the early stages, we have first to estimate the glomerular filtration rate, but second, and perhaps most importantly, we have to also measure the urine album to create ratio. Until a couple of years ago, to reduce the progression of chronic kidney disease, we only have an ACE inhibitor or an ARB. Now, we have HCLT2 inhibitors, and we also have the first of the non-steroidal MRAs in Erdogan that is indicated both in the United States and Europe for the treatment of chronic kidney disease with aluminuria in patients with type 2 diabetes. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.